Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Mike Hodgson, who's the CEO of Sarabi Gold. We normally get updates from Mike with regards to their production figures, um, but today we talk about a press release with some exploration drill results, and we ask about the significance of that. Will this affect their focus and tension and money away from Coringa? Was that has the capability of doubling their production, or is this an as well scenario? Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Mike, how are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you. Nice to see you, Matt. Yeah, good to see you. You, you. You bearing up still? Yes, yes. We're sort of uh, running running our operations uh, remotely. We have daily calls, uh, probably two or three calls a day, you know. Uh, thank God for Zoom and Skype and WhatsApp and anything else. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. But look, we've seen your press release, uh, and I was interested because it's very different from what you normally uh, talk about. And I wanted to kind of get into it because normally we have this conversation about production, productivity, and you know what, what's happening on site. Um, but this is more around exploration at site almost. So, but let's kick off first. I do need that usual update. So what is happening? Last, last month you had a bumper month. Have you been able to recreate that in April? Absolutely, we have. We've had another great month. Um, we've, it's, it's really been superb. It's probably, we haven't quite finalized the numbers yet, but they're gonna be close to 3,500 ounces. So great way to start Q2, and we still hope that we're going to be north of 9,000 ounces for the quarter, which in the circumstances is absolutely fabulous. The guys at site are uh, working really well. We've managed to begin to, we've got some testing of some tests, and we're managing to work out a, a system of actually rotating about 10 people a week at the moment. Um, so we test people, we bring those 10 people to site, they're in a separate part of the camp, which is quarantine. They spend sort of eight days there being quarantined. And as long as they, the, the doctor is happy with them and they're all temperature tested, et cetera, they're all fine. They get, they get integrated into the, uh, the workforce. That said, the guys at site have been brilliant. I mean, they normally work like they're a 3015 roster and some of those guys have been there 60 days now and they, they don't want to leave. They keep going. And uh, we're paying them a little bit of a bonus to, to keep the enthusiasm going and the motivation. and. Uh, it's really showing you the numbers. I mean, the health and safety stats before anyone gets alarmed are fine, absolutely good. Uh, and the production stats are, uh, are are absolutely wonderful. So, you know, um, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I'm just delighted, delighted the way the operation's going at the moment. Okay, interesting. And what about this, the all order? You'd kind of done some, some preliminary uh, tests and you gave us some initial feedback as to what it's been able to do. Again, is that still performing as expected? That thing's absolutely singing. Uh, I haven't got the stats for April yet, but in May, uh, sorry, in in, in March, um, it, it was it was upgrading. I think just loosely in March, just to give you a bit of an idea. It was we passed about twenty five hundred tons at a grade of around three, and it screened out a little over three hundred tons at a grade of twenty one, and the rest was twenty two hundred tons, the balance at a grade of 0.7. So it absolutely scavenged all this high grade gold now. Through April, our Polito grades have actually gone. The normal Polito grades, because we're only putting on the Polito part of the, the deposit at the moment, the Polito grades, which is, Polito generates about 50% of our raw feed, let's say. The grades were normally about sort of six and a half grams per tonne, seven, and we basically passing about nine grams. So, you know, it, overall, it's meaning, if you combine that with the South Chica War as well, which doesn't get more sorted, 
it's giving our feed grade goat the plant about a one gram per ton uplift. Now, one gram might not sound a lot, but if your feed grade seven and it's going to eight, eight and a half, big difference. So um, it's brilliant. It's working really well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I mean, I haven't quite got them yet, but I think there'll be a very significant contribution and another healthy increase in the Polito feed grade through April. That's why we're getting these extra ounces. That's where it's coming from. It, it's, it's, it's just, say, sort of deep, taking waste out of the feed before it goes to the plant and using up that plant capacity with, with better quality material. That's the, that's the key. Okay, so that's great. I mean, I guess we'll get a proper update from you maybe, you know, later this month, um, if, if you can. Um, I want to talk about this press release, though. There's some really nice numbers in here, but I think the bigger story in here is that you're putting money towards expiration, which you haven't done for some time. So, because, you know, obviously you're, you're throwing off cash now. So tell me what you're, you're aiming to do. What was the plan here? Well, just to touch on your point there about that, I mean, we, ever since we put Polita back in production in 2014 and we acquired South Chico a year or so later and then put back into production as well, we, we raised just enough money to do that and not, well, in fact, not quite enough. And we went to Sprott. We were a great lender uh, and we borrowed money off Sprott twice, $8 million, uh, which we paid off, and 8 again, which we've only got $2 million left to pay on that and that'll be gone by the end of June. So we basically paid $60 million, borrowed $60 million of debt and paid it off out of cash flow. So we've never had money for expiration, really. Uh, we, we've just been servicing and paying off debt. Um, so the opportunity, uh, so expiration was pretty much pocked, bar, you know, immediate mindsight, head frame expirations, I like to call it, in around Polito and Sao Chico. Um, but obviously what we did in 2018, we did do a financing, we raised over $20 million, and we did set aside chunk of money for exploration for the first time in about five years so it was great um but perhaps first i'll talk about the sal chico uh exploration results which is part of that head frame exploration i've just talked about yeah. uh, and that that is the ongoing program we have done a couple of releases already this year it's the continued step out drilling of the sal chico extension westerly uh which we're doing and um i think if we if one looks at the images in the press release, it's getting very interesting that as we actually step out west uh, at South Chico, which is all we're doing beyond the mine limits with surface drilling, we are working our way towards a, a geophysical anomaly, which is called Cicada, which we've also been drilling. And what the compelling thing here is, it, it's beginning to look, we've got the, the very sort of interesting possibility that this is all going to join up. And this gives us, so essentially what we're drilling is the gap the gap between Sao Chico and this geophysical anomaly called Cicada. Okay, so, so let's look at that. There's a, there's a couple of diagrams in the press release. Do you mind sort of talking me through those? Well, if we look here, we can see the Sao Chico deposit. Uh, you can see the mine limits down there in the sort of the southeast corner. Uh, and that's what we've been mining over the last few years. It's open to the, the southeast, which is the area called Highway. Uh, that there's, we've got no holes in this release on that area at the moment, we are going to go back there. But we've been focusing on the area to the west. And you can see there, I know it's not exactly shown on the scale, Bob, but you can see we've got sort of six or seven holes now in that area beyond the western limit of the of the mine area. We're going, going towards that lake area. Now we've got some really nice intersections in there, uh, mineable grades, mineable widths. And of course, what's beginning to uh, interest us is at the same time with this release, we've got our first results from the cicada anomaly now this was a 
these those those sort of colored areas you see to the west there they're all terrestrial geophysical anomalies which we obtained from the survey last year and we actually started drilling at the beginning of this year we've got our first uh, our first results and we're drilling not with core drilling here we're drilling with what's rc drilling so it's it's much coarser drilling where you just collect rock chips you don't get such an accurate sample but it's kind of discovery drilling but there's enough there for us to get pretty excited about we've got three meters at uh, two grams including one at over five which is very very gold bearing and, and the interesting point is it's bang on projection of the Sao Chico ore zone. And as we're moving west, it's becoming to become quite possible for us that these things might all join together, which is a really very interesting. So now if we look at that in terms of the long section, so now we can see long section wise, the mine to the, on the right hand side, you can see all the levels in blue. You can see the areas we've been mining and are mining in yellow. And you can see where we're drilling all around the edges, obviously to the west, sort of to the east. At depth, we've still got some very nice intersections right down there at the bottom, so showing the mine just going down and down and down. But we're trying to drill that area to the west of the mine. The information gap, as I call it, between Sao Chico and Cicada, that, uh, that uh, terrestrial geophysics anomaly, which we've just actually started drilling and got those hits up at the top. So. We've got a nice area of about six, seven, eight hundred meters there to fill in, and we're just stepping along, going west time and time and time. The last intersections we actually got uh, were not so wide, but the structure was still going strong, and it was still over a gram. But you can see in there, we're picking up some really nice numbers. We've got five over five meters at 12 grams, um, and, and another sort of 12 gram in there. So and uh, right at the top there, we've got nearly two meters at uh, 28 grams per ton. So some really nice numbers uh, and a big area to obviously justify extending that mine west as we go. And we'll just continue drilling that uh, that gap all the way to Cicada. And if this thing joins up, we've, um, we're sitting on some pretty some pretty nice resource growth at South Chica. Okay, so here we have the, the results of that airborne geophysics survey with the geochemistry superimposed. So what we when we first received this, we had this we were, pretty, we were pretty excited about this because there we have the Polito mine at the top where our plant and Polito deposit is and Sao Chico down there in the, the southwest corner. And uh, we'd never in a moment did we think we'd have this huge geophysical magnetic anomalous high with all those little black areas. They are the little, they're the electromagnetic anomalies, which is another type of geophysics. And they are usually an indicator of massive sulfide. So we, you can see they, there's a chain of them that sit on the flanks of that big magnetic high, and it, it, it's it's a huge feature, and uh, it obviously makes us think that that is a different rock type, a favourable rock type for sulphide mineralisation, and we obviously have uh, those black uh, those black dots, the GF, the electromagnetic highs, going along with it. So what we've done, we've actually superimposed geo soil geochemistry over the top, and hey ho, we've got a nice coincidental copper anomaly as well. So. Uh, the plan now is to hone in on those anomalies and actually see if we get a coincidental gold anomaly. And you can see down there on the Cinderella shear, we do. Uh, and that's got a really nice series of contiguous gold anomalies there. So that, that's really excellent. And what we're going to do there is do even tighter lines like closer space sampling and see if we can join all those, if they become, they join up and actually really have some, uh, a nice continuity of the anomaly there and make those draw ready. But probably the, the two that really excite us now is this one area called Calico uh, and Jura, which are over at the West End. Really looking at the close-up at Calico and Jura, we, we, this is an area where we've actually already 
taken the the copper soil samples that were anomalous and reassayed them for gold and got some really terrific results and you can see there at calico we've got a, a series of really high grade 30 part per billion uh, gold anomalies soil anomalies and they interestingly enough i look at that and i see the the orientation of those anomalies and they are exactly the same orientation strike as we call it as the pleto deposit so i think that's going to be a big stack of veins just like the Lito, and i'm sure that's what that's going to end up being uh, the geology is very similar so it really does look like a uh, a Polito copy as a, a so far at this stage we, we, from a geochemical anomaly um, viewpoint. Only five cases from Polito, so pretty easy to actually start something there and truck it up to the Polito plant. That's not going to be an issue. And to the south there, we've got this one called Jura. Now, this one probably is even more exciting because it has uh, all the components that you would want to see for some type of scalable deposit. It's over a kilometer in diameter. It's got coincidental uh, copper, gold, and other elements like molybdenum, tellurium, uh, bismuth, uh, multi-elements that you would actually find in a, in a porphyry-type deposit. And we already know that the rocks that we have are, are ripe for that. So uh, there's one that we, these, these are the two we actually want to sort of move forward with and get closer space sampling on and see if we can tighten these up and uh, all being well, drill them in, uh, in Q4 and uh, see what we can find there. It's, it's looking very much like a, like a Polito. The rocks are the same. It's only five kilometers from Polito, so it, it's, it's pretty exciting. Okay, so what I'm hearing is you're very excited. I, 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 can, I can hear that, and you know how you're going to tackle it. I guess people, you know, shareholders and people looking at you fresh are going to be like, well, is this going to distract you from the work that you're going to do at Coringa? I've been asked that a few times from investors in the past, um, and obviously, um, I suppose it's a, it's a nice problem to have. We've got such good organic growth upside in our backyard, and we we uh, look. Coringa is is a very advanced, established, as you as you quite rightly say, it's a Polito lookalike, and it's going to do very nicely. Thank you. I think what these results show us is um, how important organic growth is as well. You know, we can actually uh, add ounces in our own backyard very cheaply we can actually find satellite deposits which are all sort of built um dovetail into our sort of plant expansion plans whether they be at Polito or San Chico so it's important to realize the potential in and around our two producing areas to see where we're going to do our plant expansion which which obviously we need to do at some point in time uh, and that's this is what it's about I suppose I would like to add though that you know, when you see something so big on the geochemical anomalies and the geophysical anomalies like this, you, we are mining high-grade veins at Polito, at Sao Chico, and will be at Coringa. But the, 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 the scale of these anomalies, the size of them, is, and, the, and the rock types they're in, um, do look very similar to what the Anglo-Americans of the world were looking at in Matagrosa State to the south. And, you know, not that we're going to jump into bed with Anglo-American or RTZ or any major. We've had several visits at sites about these guys wanting to come and look at what we've got. They're very excited about also about the potential. You know, these, these, these big magnetic anomalies are indicative of magnetic altered granites, which are usually hosts for bulk porphyry-type mineralization. And uh, so we're pretty excited about we might have something some of some real scale in our own backyard. So, uh, you know, all we can do now is work our way through the process, prove the viability.
That, that's kind of interesting to me. So obviously you're, you've been used to chasing high-grade veins and you're, you're good at it, you know. Um, you, you know, you're, you, you've been able to do it economically and obviously throwing off cash at the moment, but you're now talking the language of a different type of opportunity. You're talking about bulk, I presume, therefore, more homogenous, low-grade type activity. I mean, are you equipped or set up to deal with that? Uh, well, it's, it's a fair bit of water going to flow into the bridge first. Of I mean, course. obviously... Uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges in the region is power. Um, and that's why probably high grade veins work in this part of the world at the moment. Uh, but there's, uh, I think I think um, as every day passes in this part of Brazil, you know, the road improvement, the infrastructure improvements happening. We've got Toxans in here on the doorstep as well. You know, I think there's a lot of will to actually improve the power situation in the region. And uh, certainly uh, we can look at that. It does depend on the scale. But certainly one thing that we want to do is is address our cost profile and, you know, don't, adding in some open pit production one day with our sort of high grade vein mill mining uh, is, is our wish. That's our wish. And if we can do it organically, all the better, all the better. Fantastic. Okay. Um, well, look, Mike, sounds like things are going well. Um, you're coping with COVID-19 uh, and keeping the numbers flowing, which is, I guess, should excite the market because I think others are struggling. Uh, somewhat there. Um, oh, should we expect more of the same for Q2 or is it just see how it goes? Because what's, hap what's happening in country is I guess where I'm getting to. Uh, well, it's, Brazil is, is, is struggling. Um, there's no, there's, there's no, no denying that. Uh, we, we are remaining very um, you know, isolated from, from what's actually happening outside. Um, you know, people only need to read the news and see. Um, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is, there's a lot, particularly in the north of Brazil, they haven't got the, um, the infrastructure, uh, the medical infrastructure that we enjoy in, uh, in, in Europe or uh, the US. So it certainly is challenging. Um, or we, as I said, what we're doing, we, we, we think we found a formula for rotating the workforce. The workforce have become very, very flexible. They're working much longer. Uh, periods of time they normally would work and as long as uh, that will stays we think we can find a way through of having a good Q2 and now we think we can have a fairly reasonable Q3. We might not make the guidance numbers that we said at the beginning of the year but I think if we got 90% of it no one's going to complain and to be to be perfectly honest with the gold price that we've got 94, 95, 100 ounces uh, of reais an ounce and certainly making 3,000 pounds plus months, our cash flow is going to be uh, in pretty good shape. And is the exchange working in your favour? Very much so. Very much so. No, it's right. huge. I mean, the exchange rate today is uh, it's, it's 5.3, 5.4 to a dollar. Wow. You know, our budgets were done at 3.7. So it's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Costs, 85% in reais and, you know, exchange rate, 9,500 9, reais an ounce. You know, two months ago, it was 6,000. It's a uh, great time to be a producer in Brazil. Well, from an economic perspective. Certainly, certainly is. is. Certainly is. Well, look, Mike, thanks very much for the um, update. You know, it's just your story we quite like and we, you know, we follow, you know, avidly because I think the, the potential is there. And I think with, you know, maybe exploring the possibility of, of adding bulk to this high-grade high uh, story could be, could be very interesting for you. So keep us up to date with how things are going on. I guess it's very fluid at the moment. So uh, appreciate the phone call. Many thanks. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.